Welcome to part two of our discussion with Dr. Mark Gordon right here on the Live Life Aggressively podcast. As we wrap things up with Dr. Gordon, we're going to address some things, especially dealing with high cholesterol and the whole convoluted myth that's wrapped around and how complex the topic is. Also, this is the cold season at the time that we recorded this show with Dr. Gordon. However, did you know that your IQ tends to fall when you have a cold? Hmm, very interesting. Dr. Gordon explains right here on the Live Life Aggressively podcast. In the meantime, don't forget, go on iTunes and Stitcher, rate, review, share, subscribe, and let the world know about this show, man. All right, folks, here we go. Part two of our discussion with Dr. Mark Gordon right here on the Live Life Aggressively podcast with Mike Mahler and myself, Sincere Hogan. Enjoy, everybody. Progesterone is healthy for men as well, right, with the prostate? Uh, progesterone has benefits and detriments. If you okay. give progesterone to a male, it shuts off a chemical in the brain called luteinizing hormone that oh. stimulates the testicles to make testosterone. But if you're treating a male with testosterone who's had head trauma, progesterone converts to something called allopregnanolone, which actually stimulates the brain to regenerate and protects the brain. There's a doc at UCLA who just opened up a research project on this allopregnanolone, uh, you know, to generate uh, a research paper. But it's in the literature showing how important allopregnanolone is in the brain. So we give it like um, uh, Matthew. We put Matthew on it. He's the first one we put on it only five milligrams, and he said within a couple of days, he noted the improvement, the improvement in uh, brain fog improved, clarity improved, mental functioning improved. Yeah. And if you look at the, there was a study done called PROTECT, P-R-O-T-E-C-T, which was the use of progesterone in people who were in a coma. Mm. 50% mm. of them <clears throat> survived, where in the past they would have died. Wow. But it did not improve their mental, uh, the return of mental capacity, but they survived. So it shows us how important progesterone is. And it's not progesterone. It's what it becomes, allopregnanolone. Yeah, I mean, that's how uh, Kelly LeBrock woke up Steven Seagal in Hard to Kill. Remember, he was in the coma. Right? She just yeah. put progesterone. <laughs> that, was cut out of the, that was cut out of the final script. All right, now. Now, back to, coming back to some of these athletes again, because I've noticed that I've read about how a lot of NFL players, when they retire, often have very high levels of depression. They become broke. They're depressed. It's a very high percentage. I was shocked to read how high the percentage is. Right. I think this is pretty ubiquitous with combat athletes as well. So have you worked with any MMA fighters, NFL players that were retired, had really bad depression – didn't know why they're on antidepressants 
And you were able to do, for example, what you did with Matthew. You did a similar protocol to turn them around. Correct. You know, the transparency here is head trauma is head trauma is head trauma, regardless of how it happens. Right. Right. You know, we give more honor and respect to those people who are in the battlefield or else on the football field. But it's all basically the same mechanism, maybe different causation. You know, someone's head butted and another one is uh, IED, a blast trauma. And the mechanisms are still the same. The brain gets shaken, rattled and rolled. And the impact, if there isn't shrapnel or a penetrating injury that removes uh, mass or volume of the brain, it's all the same chemical reaction, the same uh, traumas that can occur, um, different cause, same results. So the approach is still the same, regardless of if they're coming from Afghanistan or from uh, Iraq, or they're coming off a field of play, or if they're in a motor vehicle accident or a motorcycle accident or a slip and fall right. or you know blunt trauma to the head. It really, they all precipitate the same thing. Um, I had a uh, association with a case where a guy was rear-ended at five to seven miles an hour, and he ended up having traumatic brain injury with hormone deficiency. And I've had people who have been hit at 30 miles an hour. At the time of testing them, they had no findings Hmm. of traumatic brain injury, hormone dysfunction syndrome. And it might occur down the road because it doesn't happen immediately. In the football players, what happens is NFL-funded study showed that they develop Alzheimer's disease some 19 times more readily than the average person. And in studies coming out 17 years down the road, developing depression or mood disorders. And by that time, as I said earlier, you've forgotten that they had any kind of trauma. So take the pill. Well, it's pretty frightening also because a lot of people play high school football, for example, right? They may have, they may have had some kind of head injury that they felt was mild. So they didn't really do anything about it. It happened when they were 16. Yeah. Now they're 30 and this, and they're, they're the negatives of that impact are occurring, but they're not able to make the connection of course, because it happened so long ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think on uh, the ESPN that was done January 21st, 2007 with Pat Harlow, I think Pat really stated it where he said that, you know, by the time he was playing professional for what the Mariners and uh, I think the Patriots, Patriots and the Mariners, that he was in Pop Pee Wee Warner, Pop Warner, junior high, high school, college football, and he's had double digit head traumas. So by the time you get into, you know, playing in the pros, you don't know which one has created it. And then if you, uh, on that show also was Brad Leggett, who also played with the Patriots and the Mariners. That's how they knew each other. Um, He had, you know, he wasn't feeling so great, but he's looking phenomenal. He still looks phenomenally well. And it's because he wasn't producing the hormones that he normally should be producing at the levels that optimal levels that he needs to have his continuation of looking and feeling fit. And by replenishing it, you saw in that program how <laughs> phenomenally he looked, how great he looked. Yeah. What do you what do you think can be done to what can be done ahead of time to avoid any of these issues? I mean, is there a certain kind of helmet a football player could wear? Is there something well, that should be done in MMA where that you could protect these athletes from these kind of head traumas? Well, 
we wrap ourselves around the car that has, um, it, what do they call it, uh, impact-absorbing bumpers that have plastic sides, that have an airbag, that has a cushioned seat. We still get hit in it, yeah. and we still end up with traumas. So how is by using a helmet or an, <laughs> a padded right. helmet going to make any difference right. to the actual issue? So you've, you know... When I did uh, when I did um, trauma and uh, pathology when I was in residency in Chicago, there was a brilliant forensic pathologist who came in, and he was talking about um, uh, travel traumas, motor vehicle, motorcycle accidents. He said, "Do you know why they mandate having helmets in motorcycle riders? It's so if they get into an accident, all the parts are contained in the helmet." <laughs> it does not yeah. protect you as well as we'd like them to protect. The only yeah. way, I apologize for saying this, the only way to be protected, don't play the game. Right, right. You know, it's, if, if you are going to play the game, understand the risks. Yeah, I think it's hard for someone who's young and vibrant to anticipate that kind of future, right? Like you want to compete in MMA, you're just thinking right now I'm going to go for the glory and then your career may be a few years, five years, six years, and then all of a sudden you have to live with these yes, kind of negatives for the rest of your life. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Now the question is, why didn't we see it in the past? Does Joe Namath have any of this? Does some of the you know the the players from the 60s, are we seeing it now? Or why are we seeing it more recently? Why is it coming out more recently? Is it because the the game has gotten more physical? Well, well, the athletes have gotten much bigger now. Yeah, much, more much faster. So the impact is a lot harder now. But Correct. also, it may have also played off in different ways because if you go back to the times of like Joe Namath and OJ Simpson, okay, let's look at some of the look at OJ's behavior. Marcus Allen. Yeah, look at OJ's behavior. Could that have played a part in it from all the head trauma he took as a football player to make him behave Absolutely. the way that he did? <laughs> so what did he do? <laughs> we wasn't proven. Yeah, it wasn't proven. <laughs> well, the last thing that he did <laughs> that he's in jail for yeah, now. The, let's go with that. Glo- if the glove doesn't fit, sincere, you've got to acquit. Okay. <laughs> you, know, you know, I have uh, a legal disclaimer for any case that uh, comes to me for assessment because that's a really, what do they call it, uh, wicked, a sticky wicked. Because, you know, are they saying because of the hormone deficiency, that's why they pulled the gun and robbed, a, you know, right, a yeah. trophy. Yeah, or, yeah, lawyers will love this argument. Exactly. Yeah. I saw a show where that guy was not, he was absolved of all the, and that was fiction, of course. This is like a, re, a regular just TV show. But the guy uh, was absolved of all the mass murders, of all the, the murders that he did because he had a brain tumor. And once the tumor was <laughs> removed and the lawyer brought the tumor into the court and showed the tumor, then this dude was absolved of all of his, like, serial killings because it was blamed on the tumor. Now, yes, this was fiction in TV, but it's not far-fetched. If you get the right attorney... That is possible for that for that to happen for that to be. Yeah, you know. do you watch? Do you watch um, Criminal Mind? I've seen it a few times. A few times, yeah, yeah not executive, regularly. Executive producer is Mark Gordon. Yes, yes. On the last show, it was a woman who was involved in an automobile accident where she had frontal cortex damage, frontal lobe damage, which is what is called the executive functions. It's what gives us the ability to know what right and wrong is. Right. Hot, cold and so forth, decisions that are not to hurt someone else, not to be aggressive. That's also the amygdala that ties into it. Mm -hmm. So she had damage to it. So what she did was when she got upset, she just killed people. (laughs) 
Jeez, okay, man. so there's got to be some of this stuff floating around. Yeah. And as our technology advances, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be cool if the murderer is treated by implanting under his skin testosterone and he's fine? Yeah, yeah. It start, starts becoming like, what was the name of that movie with Tom Cruise where they're able to see someone before they commit a crime? That sci-fi movie? Oh, yeah. Um, I forget, it was... It was it wasn't that great of a movie. That's what I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> but, but but it was an interesting idea. So basically, they were able to anticipate certain actions and then yeah, modify people, or arrest right. them ahead of time before they make the crime right. or put them in some kind of behavioral program, etc. Save et you from yourself, buddy. Yeah. No, they froze them, I thought. It, it's called... Uh... Now, that was Demolition Man. <laughs> no, that's... <laughs> Minority Report. Minority Report. Minority Report. Yeah, Report is yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That's right. Did I'm you about... see The Edge of Tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, that was really good too. That's another one. Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow was really good. That was really interesting. That, that's a movie that reminded me of the good old days of sci-fi, like Aliens and stuff like that. It was a, that was an interesting storyline. Now, yeah. back with this whole hormonal thing. What have you found with what? What about a lot of women? Is it different for women that are coming back, soldiers or athletes and so forth? What What are, what are the delineations between treating male and female clients? Well. Um, Obviously, you don't want a woman to grow a penis. So yeah, I guess it depends, who, it depends who you're asking, Doctor Gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's some listeners. Let's not generalize. Who, who are into that thing. Let's not generalize. Well, I heard I heard in Brazil that's pretty popular. So. And Thailand. And th- hey, I'm going to Thailand next week to do a project. So. Uh, quote, um, quote anyway, unquote project. Come on, always well, question, Dr. Gordon. Always question. Well, the, the amount of transgender there, you know, is, is they do such a phenomenal job. Absolutely. And the issue is, you know, proper hormonal uh, uh, balancing in transgender from male to female, which is the majority of it, of the transitions. Anyway, uh, women get assessed the exact same way. And I said a Unitarian hypothesis we use the same laboratory testing, male and female, because we all have the same hormones. Right. You know, women, uh, women rights rightists will say, uh, you know, women came before men because we had ovaries before men had testicles, which is true. The ovaries are high and then they descend. But if you look at the biochemical pathway, testosterone comes before estrogen. So we need to make sure that women have adequate amount of testosterone. I've had women sitting across from me say, I didn't know women needed testosterone or mate (laughs) testosterone. It's part of the chemistry. You know, here's the real issue. Cholesterol is the first steroid hormone in the body. So if we do anything to shut down cholesterol production, what do you think happens to all our hormones? Yeah. And a lot of people who've taken Lipitor have experienced that. I know you don't you don't want to say it by brand name. I remember on Rogan's podcast, but I'll say it. Things like Lipitor, Lipitor statin and drugs and so forth. Uh, often with some of the side effects with that is you get memory loss. Your sex drive goes to zilch. You're just shutting off that. Yeah, you're, you're driving cholesterol down yeah. way too low. Yeah. It's, it's not only the driving of cholesterol low. It's driving down all the neurosteroids in the brain that regulate everything. Okay. And in the... In the chapter uh, that I have on treatment, the first case that I present is one of our uh, clients, patients who came in who had no DHEA, no cortisol, no this, very low. Testosterone, DHEA, DHT, all the hormones were low. And it's because he was on a statin, on a very high dose of statin for many years, and it shut off his cholesterol conversion to um, pregnenolone, which is the first hormone 
Pregnenolone is called the mother of all hormones. I, in a lecture, called uh, cholesterol the father of all hormones. And you mm. need a father and mother to make all the kids right, unless right. you have immaculate conception of hormones. <laughs> I've never seen that before. Immaculate conception of hormones is usually needle delivered. So the issue is that um, you're not only interrupting the production of all these hormones, but vitamin D is now called a serol hormone, which means it comes from cholesterol, and right. vitamin D is not a vitamin, it's a hormone. Right. And you lose the hormone vitamin D, you lose the production of CoQ10, which regulates energy production, so you can have strength, and PQQ is even better, and quercetin is even better, um, and you lose a regulator of cell replication called RAS. So these things are not innocuous, these are not danger-free. You know, but it's a $20 billion a year uh, industry yeah. and it has benefits. There are, in fact, in traumatic brain injury, acute traumatic brain injury, if you use a low dose of statin, you actually can protect the individual from this thing called interleukin-6 and C-reactive protein right. so they don't get more damage. So there are benefits. There's another test, which is an enzyme that causes hardening of the artery or helps lead to it called PLAC. Uh, you can look up PLAC test on the internet and you'll get great education, great uh, PowerPoint presentation. And um, the statin drugs help to lower that enzyme to protect the people. So there are absolute unique benefits of it, but to shotgun it out there, right. uh, that's where you get the problems. You people, I mean, sorry, being in sports as you both are, you see or hear of people who are statins who are getting cramping of their legs and so forth. That's called rhabdomyolysis. Right. Where the muscles are breaking down because they can't utilize ATP because they don't have CoQ10. They're very sensitive to it. Yeah. yeah. And well, so, now, is what do you think about high cholesterol levels? Is part of that a desperate attempt to make hormones? And what do you think optimal cholesterol levels should be? That's a complex, convoluted question. <laughs> In order for us, okay, if for whatever reason we're unable to make testosterone in a male, the body sends a signal called luteinizing hormone, LH, to generate the precursor to testosterone. What is the precursor to testosterone? Well, Androstenedione? Cholesterol is the primary one. Okay, so you're talking about the top of the chain. Androstenedione yeah. okay. is there for DHT okay. and for estrogen. So the body is told to make cholesterol to make our steroid hormones. Okay. Cholesterol is extremely important in our body, contrary to the majority's belief. Right. And it's important for supplying the substrate, the precursor to all our hormones that are androgens and estrogens and so forth and cortisols. And also, it's responsible for rebuilding the um, wall of the blood of the cell wall. Okay, it's in, important for cell wall bilipid membrane, the cholesterol and the uh, the cholesterol and lipids. Um, so, it's extremely important within the genetic predisposition of an individual are other chemicals called inflammatory chemistry which is the real problem. Now, my cholesterol is between 275 to 350, and I had an ultra-fast CT scan done twice. My arteries are perfectly clear. Right. Mm -hmm. I did a test that we helped Access Lab put together, a panel 
called the LP6 or the cardiac assessment. And it looks at the chemistry that causes inflammation. Cholesterol isn't one of them. Right. In a study where they looked at the lining of the artery called the endothelium, the inside lining, they put different things onto the endothelium to see what would create damage to it. So they used uric acid from gout. They used trans fatty acids from our nutrition. They used smoke nicotine. They used uh, progestin, which is the artificial progesterone in the um, hormone products that are sold out there. They used, um, let's see, uh, homocysteine. They put cholesterol against it. And what they found, only one of them did not damage the lining of the artery, and that was cholesterol. Yeah, I mean, the reason I bring it up is most people who are not in the know who just hear your cholesterol level are going to think that you're exactly. a ticking time bomb. You're a heart, you're one step away from a heart attack because we've overstated the connection between cholesterol, high cholesterol and heart disease so much that it's just ingrained in people's brains. Correct. I mean, I've had people come to me who have a total cholesterol of 210, which is, in my opinion, not high. Think to get worried about that, exactly. and 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 their and their doctors are telling them you need to get on Lipitor, you need to get on some kind of statin. Your cholesterol's right. too They're high. For you, even mention an egg to them, like oh, I can't eat the yolk, man. I have high, you know my cholesterol. Well, I'm like what is your cholesterol? It's like yeah, oh, it's UC like two hundred. I'm like, but UCLA <laughs> many many years ago, UCLA did a study where they took twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventy year old males, fed them three eggs a morning, mm -hmm. and monitored their cholesterol. You know what the end result was? Cholesterol went down? He went down. No influence. Yeah. Um, no influence. Yeah. Now, so, the, so the cholesterol went up, but there was no influence. Right. right? So, now, mm -hmm. nutritionally, 15% of our cholesterol comes from nutrition. 85% is genetically produced from our liver, also from this thing called the enterohepatic cycle, where right. cholesterol is squirted out by the liver, through the bile, into the gut, and then reabsorbed. And that compounds it. But here's the point. Since 1986, when the first statin drug came out, we started at a cholesterol level of 349, and then dropped to 279, then to 240, then 229, right. and now less than 200. Yeah. What do you expect we should be seeing on the national accounting of heart-related deaths? Increasing, staying the same, or decreasing? Yeah, it should be going down. It should be going down. And it has what is it doing? No, it's going up. It's going up. Why? Cholesterol, <laughs> the, the, lack, the lack of. It's not <laughs> cholesterol. 50%, no, a study by Smith, Klein, Beecham, 50% of all heart attacks happen in people with normal or low normal cholesterol. So the question is, what's really causing it? It's high and inflammation, the C-reactive exactly. protein. Stressing so. out about getting a heart attack. Right? <laughs> yeah. and stressing out about your cholesterol. Stressing out on the first thing to eat and to not get a heart attack. Yeah, you get stressed about your cholesterol, that jacks up your C-reactive protein. And stressed <laughs> out about how much money costs to buy well, all those statin drugs. <laughs> C-reactive protein causes the blood vessels to constrict. The study out of Texas with this Thai researcher found that C-reactive protein kicks out nitric oxide and nitric oxide causes the blood vessels to dilate. That's why we take it when we're working out because we want better blood flow to our muscles so we don't yeah. get lactic acid. We want nutrients going in and the waste material coming out. So it shuts off nitric oxide so the blood vessels constrict. And that's why you get heart attack. They have yeah. something called Prince Metals Angina where people have a heart attack and their blood vessels are perfectly normal. Right. C-reactive protein, interleukin-6. And it's yeah. not from the blood vessels. It's from the gingiva. 
The yeah. gingiva produces more interleukin-6 that the liver converts to C-reactive protein. Okay, There's so that... a lot of information out there. There's unbelievable amount of information if we would just look. But unfortunately, right. the majority of docs don't take the time to look. They have someone come into their office called a pharmaceutical rep yes. who yeah. says, this is the way you have to think. Right, right. And it's a, and it's a lot easier also to just look at numbers and give out a pill. Correct. And to look further into and things. One of the other one of the other issues is that I had a OBGYN call me who wanted to refer a patient to me. Their cholesterol was two hundred seventy, and they said panically, "This person's going to have a heart attack." I said, "What was their HDL? Their HDL, the happy to have the good cholesterol, was a hundred and ten. Right. So when you did the calculation." for uh, which is called the cardiovascular risk factor or else you use the new 56-year Framingham study 10-year risk factor chart, you find that their risk for heart attack in 10 years is like 2%. Right. <laughs> so they're panicking because they just looked at total cholesterol. Yeah. Total yeah. cholesterol, yeah. like total testosterone, is meaningless. It's yeah. the components of it. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes people take coconut oil, their total cholesterol goes up, but their HDL goes way up, and then you improve the ratio between HDL and VLDL, LDL, et cetera, so it's it's a better ratio. What they're ingraining in the new population of physicians is the only thing you need to look at is total total cholesterol. Don't look at the good and bad of it, and don't look at there's something else called small-density LDL. Small-density LDL and this thing enzyme called plaque, when they get together, that's bad. Yeah. And the treatment for plaque is a statin drug. The treatment for um, uh, the small density LDL is niacin, but flushing niacin. Yeah. Okay. So most of our heart related issues are treated with natural compounds. Now, also in the literature, they talk about, well, if you take uh, testosterone that causes your cholesterol to elevate, which is true in the beginning. Why? Yeah, more if conversion cholesterol- of cholesterol into, into testosterone. Yeah, I like working yeah. with smart guys. <laughs> no, that's that's something that's you know certain herbs help convert more testosterone, more cholesterol into testosterone. So the cholesterol goes up initially, and then it levels out once that conversion Correct. process well, is become more is efficient. Backup. Yeah, you get backup from yeah. the <clears throat> use of testosterone. So cholesterol. Yeah initially goes up and then over time drops. Yeah, right. But, oh, you're going to cause cholesterol to go up and you're going to have a heart attack. <laughs> and then this thing with uh, three articles, that came, uh, two articles that came out saying testosterone increases the risk of uh, heart disease. You know what? For 30 years, there have been articles saying it improves heart, opens up the arteries. A book that came out in 1984 out of Springer Verlag out of Germany called Testosterone and Cardiovascular Risk showed people who should have had amputation of their legs had regeneration of blood supply. Also, a study in Michigan where they injected testosterone into the coronary artery, the blood vessel opened up. So what they found is Abraham Morgenthaler did a phenomenal presentation at the beginning of this year in, I think we were in Orlando, Florida, with an organization, a great organization called AMMG, Age Management Medical Group, a great group to lecture with. Abraham was there and he did a breakdown of the faulty science that was presented on cholesterol increasing the risk of heart disease. Well, these were people who already had heart attacks. 
they already had heart attacks. And the group who received testosterone, they didn't talk about how high of testosterone. They didn't tell you because they were on high dose, they're doing more physical activity that they shouldn't have. Or they actually showed that it had improved their coronary risk factor, not made it 3% worse is what the original author said. Yeah. When he analyzed the science legitimately, not statistically, there was an improvement. Yeah. And the funniest thing was the day after that article came out, you saw on television, if you've been on testosterone and think you've had a heart attack, call us. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, I had yeah, a heart attack. Yeah. Okay. Those things have popped up quite a bit now. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, those, so yeah. I have, I have, for anybody out there who's listening, I have about 7,400 articles in that group that I've gone through on this whole thing of hormones. In there, I have a grouping of heart and testosterone for years, for 30 years, if not longer, all the benefits. If you want it, email me. I'll send you it by uh, FTP. Well, by, no, I'm, I'm glad you bring that. That's why I actually I sent an email because I was on Dr. Drew's show with Mike Catherwood last night, and we talked about hormone optimization, and I immediately thought of you being a fantastic guest for his show, so I hooked you up with him by email. I don't know if you got that yet. I, anyway, I got it. Yeah, but anyway, Dr. Drew, is he's, he falls into that category of someone who's very skeptical about increasing hormones and so forth, right? So I think you, you guys would have a great conversation. But where I'm going is even without any of this support you just mentioned, when a guy has optimal testosterone, optimal hormonal profile, your sex drive is good, your mood is good, you're in this thriving state. Now, why would that logically be bad? You know, why would that shorten your lifespan? Just looking at it from that way, why would that why would you have a shorter lifespan in that mental state than someone who is depressed all the time with low testosterone? Yeah, not who active, doesn't want to get know, out of bed in the move. morning. Exactly. It's not active and and is is not happy in his relationships. Why would that person live longer? And even if you do live longer, who wants to live longer like that? Yeah, they're not thriving, you know, they're just existing. I'd rather thrive <laughs> up until let's say, I don't know, eighty than than have this life of just quiet desperation until 120. Right. You know? I mean, come on. That's a great question. I'd like to take a couple of days to ruminate on it. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Okay. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Are we, uh, you know, my family, I mean, my families um, are the last two generations looked at life. You're born you live, you get married, you stop living, and you get older, and you get sick, and you die. The baby boomers came along and said, wait a second. We watched our families, our parents' generation go through this curve where, you know, when I used to, when I started out in 95, really, doing hormone replacement, the last generation would come in and say, why would I need that? Why do I want to feel better? Just as you said, because yeah. it wasn't in their mindset right. to want to feel better until the baby boomers came along. Well, that's that's the other thing is a lot of doctors will say, look, your testosterone is supposed to go down when you get older. You're not supposed to have a high sex drive at come 60. On. You're on your way out. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Well, um, who was it who just had a kid at 70 and – uh, Charlie Chaplin had a kid at 72. Yeah, Tony Randall was, had his when he was 72. Yeah, Larry King. Yeah, Larry King is probably all extract, you know. <laughs> yeah. They're taking, you know, um, you know, the natural forms of testosterone uh, stimulators, teres tribulus and so forth, and zinc, believe it or not. Zinc, the number one deficiency in our body, which is why we have increased Alzheimer's, increased cancer, increased viral infections. Zinc regulates all these things in our body, zinc fingers and all this great stuff. 
and it increases testosterone production. Also, teres tribulus, which is a natural product. DHEA is a natural product from yams, mm -hmm. uh, but you can't eat, you know, 10 tons of yams uh, a day. So you get a little capsule of 25 to 50 milligrams. Yep. And there have been so many articles poo-pooing it saying, eh, it doesn't work, doesn't work. Well, in clinical practice, you monitor it closely and it works very well. In research, if, you're, if you've got a bias, of course it's not going to work. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. if you're looking at only one thing, all the hormones, as you said earlier, are symphonies. Yeah. But, um, you know, what I saw was in the baby boomers generation that we've worked hard to get where we're at. And we don't want to just give it away. We don't want to have the inheritance, our kids inherit it. We want to spend it until it's gone. Right. We worked hard for it. You kids, start working harder. Yeah, this exactly. entire exactly. it's got to go. I agree you know? completely. Yeah. I don't know why. I remember I was when my great grandmother passed away years ago, and at the funeral there were people that were asking my uncle, who was taking care of her estate, when they're going to get their inheritance. Wow. I, was, I was like, man, you guys have no class whatsoever. And these are all grown adults. I was like. I, I don't expect to get any inheritance from her. I wish she spent that money on herself. You know, whatever yep. I get, yep. I'll just donate to charity because that I would have preferred that she just spend it on herself. My grandfather, he lost a lot of money on some business ventures that went awry, and he always felt bad that he wasn't going to have a lot to give everyone. And I said, who cares about it? We'll take care of ourselves, right. man. You know, we don't right. need you to give us anything. I, I wish that worked out for you for you. You know, not so I get this big lump sum or my other relatives right. get big lump sums as well. But you're right. There is that level of entitlement where a lot of young people even think, well, I don't really have to work that hard because my parents are getting older and, you know, they're going to pass at some point And then right. I'll just write off that inheritance. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have three daughters and my oldest daughter, Erin, is now in, in Pennsylvania freezing her tuchus off because <laughs> the snow. She's in her residency in internal medicine coming yeah. back here to – continue the work that she already did with me for two years and then my middle daughter uh, allison is at uh, just had her birthday yesterday is in uh, san diego at bastyr university doing napropathic medicine right out of college she and an uh, endocrinologist buddy of mine wrote a book on nutrition based on insulin and blood sugar and she wrote all the nutritional stuff and um so i've given them, those two, I've given the gift of inheritance of intellect and training and education. So girls, if you're listening, that's it. And those Go are the it. those are the most valuable things you can Correct. pass on. Exactly. That, that was that good. was an incredible gift to pass on. Yeah. You know? Good moral compass. Absolutely. Good moral compass, a sharp pointed shoe for the guys. <laughs> and then my third daughter, Rochelle. <laughs> so wait, it took a it took a father of a daughter to actually catch that that remark you just made, and that's why I chuckled. <laughs> and third one went into business. So, well, hey, all, doctor, we could talk to you all day. We know you're busy. We'd love to have you come back if you're available again, and maybe we can have Matthew come back on the next show, and we can. I we think can, that would be great. Yeah, we can. Matthew. We can. We can just focus on that whole post traumatic stress disorder and make that the the singular topic of the app of the episode right but it's a real pleasure talking to you and where can people find out more information about all the great work you're doing well relative to traumatic brain injury it's the tbimedlegal.com and uh if people are interested uh there's a lot of information on there not only for the military but for uh anyone who's had a head trauma or a body trauma that translated uh, his impact to the brain or to the head uh, about a hundred articles that have been rewritten so we can understand it. Um, and then there, if they want to, uh, 
move ahead and have testing done, we have uh, a, pro a program which is called telehealth in the state of California where we send a nurse out to the patient and draws their blood and we get the results and we write a, a report, a small report that's about 51 pages and it has all the background, it has a recommendation for what is needed and it includes an hour on Skype where we face-to-face -face review the results so they know exactly what it says in Fantastic. even plainer English and what might need to be done. And then if they want anything, we can drop ship it to them in the state of California. And and is will there be developments posted about the nonprofit stuff you're working on as well on your yes. website as that comes along? Yeah, okay. I'm I'm in the process. I cannot run the the nonprofit. Um, looking at a couple of avenues, um, a patient has offered to expense out for putting it together, and I've already had discussions with the law firm of Loeb and Loeb. Great people there, and uh, we're ready. It's just it's time consuming, and I'm sure. In the, in the midst of an educational cycle, what I'm doing now with my book is trying to train doctors in how to do our protocols right. so they can go out there. We have over 1,100 new patients since January wow. that are waiting for, in, in, we're in uh, 14 countries in every, almost every state, and I can't go out there and do it. I'd, right. I'd rather invest the time training docs to be able to do it, to use the right labs, to do the right interpretation how to treat appropriately, and to help these people yes. because it is so rewarding when you see someone like Matthew, which is just one of a multitude of people that we have, go through his transition and come back into the game of life. I mean, yeah. it is there's no amount of money that can pay for that. No, no doubt. I don't think we do enough as a society to really help our veterans. It's a real travesty, right. actually. Any, anytime I see a homeless vet, it's just shameful. It's, it's just it's a disgrace for all of us. But, right. it's, but it's, and especially with these, any soldier dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder or any other issue where they're just marginalized and not helped is, is unacceptable. So I really like what you're doing, and I definitely want to play a role in helping build Thanks. this organization and, and getting the word out. And the vets out there who will listen to this, because I will put a link on my website so everybody can uh, get access to this, um, you know, there's a, uh, a growing undercurrent of people like you guys and uh, Mark McKay from um, uh, Super Money, uh, what is it? Um, Money Radio, yeah. Money Talk Radio. Is that, is that the radio. one you listen to? Yeah, Money Talk yeah. Radio. Yeah, and I, I just sent them money because what Mark does on the side is um, he helps homeless vets get a place to live. So I just sent him a check because I'm there. Anything that deals with the uh, the military, I'm there uh, because we own our my ability to do what I'm doing. My children and Absolutely. you know generates to their uh, sacrifices and to hear our government basically say, "Well, you volunteered. You know, you volunteered. Why should we uh, support you?" You're going to cost a lot of money. So I think we're the ones that need to kick in and provide them with the help that they need. Definitely. Is that an organization, Dr. Gordon, that helps homeless vets, or is he just— Yeah, you're, you're, if you, if Mark McKay uh, would be the one, and I apologize, Mark. Uh, uh, we'll, 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 we'll find no, we're it. Put, yeah, yeah, we'll have it in the show notes. I, I'll send you—yeah, I, I haven't posted on there. It's just 
I've got from my head trauma, I get moments where I can't remember things, <laughs> as you can tell from our previous discussion. <laughs> well, hey, this has been a, a really right. enlightening conversation. Love to have you come back again. You're welcome right. to come back anytime you want to talk about stuff, and we'll Appreciate let you know when this episode is up. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Thanks again, Dr. Okay. Bye-bye. You have a great day. You too. All right. That was, again, Dr. Mark Gordon. I, I really encourage all of our listeners to share this episode with every anyone you know that could benefit. You've got family members that are soldiers. You're a soldier. You're anyone a, that – I mean, An athlete every, everyone, at a high-impactful like, yeah, exactly. sport or – you know, I mean, a, a lot of you guys that listen to our show – you are connected to a soldier some way, somehow. And a lot of you guys are connected to athletes who are MMA fighters or, you know, like I said, in all these different sports where they can experience head trauma. Or you know someone who's been in a car accident who may not even think about this, think about it on this level, how it can impact them years from now. You think like, okay, they had a minor accident. They were only going like 10 miles per hour. I was a little fender bender, you know, and they went to therapy and they got their check and, you know, whatever from the insurance company. But, you know, a lot of times it doesn't end right there. So they're also right there in this category. You, it's, there's nothing wrong with making sure and really getting it thoroughly checked out by people who specialize in this, such as Dr. Gordon. And they can probably discover some things that, you know, that doctor or whatever with the insurance company or whoever from that car accident didn't diagnose or misdiagnosed or whatever. So you never know. So share this episode, people. Get the word out there. You just you never know. You never know who's going to impact. And get, and get the word out also that if you're a guy and you're whipped in your relationship, you could have serious health consequences as a result of that. You <laughs> so need to get your T-levels checked. It's probably from the head trauma from your mama going upside your head all the time when you were a kid. And now you're wondering, like, why are you so whipped and why you love your mama so much and you can't function in a real relationship anymore because you're, you're, your well, mother you're, you're, dominates it. Well, You're finally going to discover why you chose a significant other to pick up where your mom left off. Exactly. That mystery is finally going to be unraveled yeah. now. Take that, know? Oedipus. Okay. So, I mean, if you go to a doctor and get a consult, make sure to bring that up in the questionnaire <laughs> that you don't wear the pants in your relationship that's important information for people like dr mark Gordon. <laughs> no but th this is a, this is an important topic let's let's get this episode out there as much as possible let's help out the efforts of people that are helping homeless vets let's do more all of us let's do more to help soldiers that are sacrificing that have put themselves out there however, however you feel about anything that goes overseas that's a separate issue what we want to do is help people that or in need that are that have put their service out there and are now just being marginalized. They're coming back, they're depressed and and they can't function, they can't get hold jobs, they're losing relationships, and they don't know where to turn for that. So we really want to get this information out there so that more people like Dr. Mark Gordon can provide the services necessary to help them out. Definitely. In turn, you can help us out so we can help out these causes more by using coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements, my videos, my eBooks, T-shirts, you name it. Basically everything you see on the website. And how about with you, man? Same thing, man. Go to New Warrior Training. Use that coupon code. Everything that you can purchase over there, 10% off. Make it happen. And also, for those who are ne not necessarily in a position or have already purchased things, you can still do your part by heading over to Stitcher and iTunes. And rate us, review us, share the episode, download us, subscribe us. 
It's just that simple. It takes all of a few seconds to do. You don't have to write a book on your review. Tell us, you know, why you like the show. Let the world know and help get the word out there. Help us with those rankings so we can pop up a little higher on iTunes and Stitcher so more people can be aware of this show and hear episodes, great episodes like this with great guests like Dr. Gordon. And all you got to do is just go over there and leave a review, rate us, subscribe, share on social media. All those sharing links are right there on iTunes and Stitcher. Utilize them. Just click it. It's just that simple. All and right. then just tweet the episodes, retweet the episodes, <laughs> put them up on your social media, get them out in your lists. Yep. And let's, let's keep this great show running. All right, That's folks. It. We'll see you next time. Take care.